Amen. Amen. Hey, take your seats. And while you're doing that, get your Bibles out. <clears throat> Let's open them up to Isaiah chapter 40. And uh, there's a sentence out there in the world, um, good things come to those who wait. You'll notice on the graphic, there's kind of a little uh, line through the one because the message is about God things happen to those who wait. Good things um, sometimes do happen, but sometimes you wait and not so good things happen. And uh, But God is always in control. God is always on the throne. And we want to talk about waiting today. So let me start the the message with a kind of a personal question, I'm convicting to myself, but uh, have you got a weight problem? Anybody in the room got a weight problem? I'm not wearing this vest because I'm thin, okay? It, it covers a multitude of Paul Whittingstall, and, um, and makes me, Sue said it makes me look thinner, so if you think I'm doing well, well, I have a weight problem. And the solution to my weight problem is discipline. A discipline in eating, discipline in exercise, um, and if I would do those things, that weight problem would go away. Okay, so um, that's my testimony. Some of you are feeling the same thing, and don't deny it. You're, you've talked about the COVID. Maybe it started with the COVID-10, and then after about eight months or nine months, it became the COVID-15, and now for you, it's become the COVID-20. Um, so, you know, weight problems, right? Um, but as believers, I believe we have a different kind of a weight problem. And as you've been wrestling through all of these times and these days we're in and hoping that a pandemic would be over, and um, do you have a weight problem, a W-A-I-T weight problem? Um, you find yourself anxious about things and you're wondering now about Christmas and all of the rest of it, and you have a different kind of weight problem. The solution to that is discipline as well. Uh, but we live in a world where waiting is not really valued. We live in a world where accomplishment and, and getting it off the to-do list and uh, get the short-term success and all of those are the things that the world pushes us towards and yet uh, God calls us and all through scripture we see how waiting is important and how God uses it in our lives and um, we want to uh, take a look and see this in our text today. So uh, Sam already read it, but let's stand together, together again. I want to uh, read the last part of Isaiah chapter 40, which is where we'll spend our time today. Isaiah 40, uh, 28 to 31. Have you not heard? Have you not known? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord, who wait for the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not Let's pray. Lord, as we look into your word today, we all find ourselves uh, at some level anxious and striving forward and wanting things to be done and uh, around all kinds of other things, not just about COVID, around our families and family situations, about medical tests, about, uh, Lord, we, we, uh, we are impatient people, and yet your word teaches us to wait. So, Lord, would you give us ears to listen to what you have to say through the power of your spirit today? Would you give us minds to comprehend it? And then, Lord, faith, God, to wait. Faith, God, 
to live these things out for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, take your seats. The Christian life is filled with waiting. As a matter of fact, one writer said it like this. Waiting is what faith does. Waiting is what faith does. Awaiting sometimes means going forward without the answers to our prayers. Uh, We're praying to the Lord and we're desiring something and we're not finding the answer and we're learning that we we need to wait. Um, Waiting is uh, wondering why the wicked prosper. Because we live in a world where the, world's, the, the wicked seem to get ahead and it all seems to be tilted in their direction and we've lost sight of the greater picture, but uh, we struggle with waiting um, because we see the wicked prosper. Uh, waiting is having desires delayed or hope deferred. And uh, again, because everything is so instant in our world today, waiting is difficult for us. In Psalm 18 and verse 30, it says, This God... His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. All those who find their confidence in him. All those who are waiting in him. So two major points today in this message. I I want to zero in for the second half of the message on those verses we read But context is always important. How did the writer get to verse 28? And so the first thing we want to see is God things happen to those who wait. Remember who he is. Remember who he is. The only reason you will wait, the only reason you will take your time, the only reason you'll step back from your agenda is because you understand who God is. You'll never understand it all. You'll only have a little bit of who God is. But it'll be enough for you that you're like, no, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait. Remember who he is. Here's the first thing I want us to see in the first verses is that, is that God is for us. God is for us. Um, that's a great hope for the believer that, that God is for us. Even in the midst of our trial, in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of not understanding, that God is for us. I, I love verse 5. And, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So Isaiah chapter 40 is a beginning, it's a kind of a change of the scene in Isaiah. Uh, So much of Isaiah up to chapter 40 was uh, looking at the judgment and all that was coming. Now, always remembering that Isaiah is the prophet who declares who Jesus Christ is, right? You remember in Isaiah 7, uh, and his name will be called Um, That's actually Isaiah 9. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And Isaiah 7 talks about the virgin shall conceive. Like Isaiah is the prophet about Jesus Christ. But Isaiah was also writing in his day. And up until chapter 40, it was about the judgment that's coming and what God has uh, brought on them and all the rest of it. We come to Isaiah 40 and the the book starts to turn. And and in this text, um, there's great hope. Um, there's a great hope for the people. And in uh, the heading in my Bible says, comfort for God's people. Um, I'm starting to give comfort because there is an end to this. Now, what you see in Isaiah 40 is not the end. It's not like it's, we've been through it all and it's going to be done and life's going to be peachy for the rest of our lives. No, no, probably the, uh, the south, the nation in the south, uh, Judah, hasn't gone into captivity in Babylon yet. Maybe they have. If they are, they're in the middle of it. And so it's not like next week everything's going to be fine. So when he talks about waiting, 
waiting. It's because there's still a journey to go on, but let's not lose sight of what's to come. And so that's a little bit of what's going on here. But in this first part of the text, it's like comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Why? Because God is for us. God is for us. As I said, this first part of the text is to kind of set us up for the last part of the text. So let's move on to the next part, and that is God's word is foundational. Not only is God for us, you can do a whole message on that, but God's word is foundational. Look at uh, verses 6 through 8. A voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but, but the word of our God will stand forever. But the word of our God will stand forever. Everything around you is so temporal. The grass and the flower, they all disappear. Um, I was uh, out looking at our front lawn this morning, or last night this morning, and uh, the grass, it's never a great deal anyways at our house, but the grass ain't so green anymore, and the flowers are gone, and the leaves are down, and um, it's all temporal. All that stuff is all so temporal. The flowers, even the people, um, our days are numbered. It says, um, surely people are grass, but, but the word of our God stands forever. Do you believe that? Does this book actually mean anything to you in your life? Uh, this is God's word given to us. This is God, what God wanted revealed to us. Everything around you will fade. Everything else around you will wither. A people will be gone, but the word of the God, the word of God stands forever. Um, Sue and I have just come back from uh, being in Romania about two or three weeks ago, and I love going over there because you take a look. When you travel around Canada and you look for like century homes, because century homes in Canada are old, right? Century homes are new builds in most of Europe, right? And, uh, and you see how they were built and all the rest of it. And, but it reminds me when I come here, the, the house we live in, it'll fall down before 100 years go by. It's not, it's not, it wasn't designed to last forever. It's not, it won't. And, uh, and if it does, it's going to need a whole lot of work to get there. And that's the way our things are built here. We, we um, live for the right now. And the grass fades, flowers going to die, people come and go. But this stands forever. And if you're not picking it up on a regular basis, if you're not opening it, if you're not studying it, um, you're going to struggle. You're going to wrestle because the pressures of the world are going to be on you and you're going to be tainted by them and you're going to start thinking like that. And uh, we need to be people of God who are focused and fixed on the word of God. You do a whole message on that part of the text. Uh, the next part of the text is, is about uh, remembering, remembering that God's word is foundational, God's nature, uh, excuse me, Remembering that God is for us, God's word is foundational. Here's the next part. God's nature is unmatched. 
God's nature is unmatched. If you're going to wait for the Lord, if you're going to put your hope and trust in, in that he's going to come through, he's going to deliver in his time, in his way, then you better understand who this God is. And so in the next part of the chapter, Isaiah talks about the nature of God. And I'm just going to really quickly go through verses 9 through 28 and highlight a few things for you. Um, here's the first thing. It says in verse 9, Behold your God. Behold your God. Look. Behold, look, see, remember. A look and see him in his creation. Look and see him in his working for you. Look, behold your God. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God is your God. Behold your God. I get busy just like you do, and I find myself distracted by so many things. And I need to find the discipline to solve my weight problem by beholding my God. And you need to do that too. Rejoicing in who he is. Rejoicing in all that he has created. Rejoicing in his word. Rejoicing in the work of his son. Rejoicing in the hope that we have. Behold your God. How much time in the last week did you spend beholding your God? Uh, Verse 11 it says, uh, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. Uh, See his care. Actually in verse 10 it says, He comes with might. It speaks of God's omnipotence. But in the midst of that omnipotence, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. And so although we have this God who's omnipotent and all-powerful, and behold, your God, he is a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And we're sheep who need care and we're sheep who need help. The Lord tends for his flock. Verse 12, it says, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? The answer is no one. And marked off the heavens with a span? Uh, No one. And closed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the the hills in a balance? Um, Who has done that? This is how we behold our God, looking and seeing what he has done and what he has accomplished. Who has measured the spirit of the Lord? Or what man showed him his counsel? No one. A God stands alone in his omniscience, his all-knowing. Not only is he all-powerful, he is omniscient. And then down in verse 14, um, whom did he consult? God doesn't check with me for my opinion about the things that he does. Um, He doesn't have to consult. I my leadership style is very much consulting and getting input and all the rest of it and, and then, Lord willing, making good decisions. I'm okay with making the decisions, but I want input and help. And now God doesn't need any of that. There's nothing you're going to add to the conversation that God doesn't already know. That's the God who we serve. That's a God who loves us. Whom did he consult? Who made him understand? Uh, no one. No one. Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? No one. To whom then will you liken God? Wow. See, we let other things get in the way. In the text, I'm not going to get it. It talks about idols and craftsmen making idols. And and what are the idols in your life? 
But what are the things in your life? God, God doesn't consult with us about the things of life. He knows his plan is in place. He's working his plan for his glory. He desires for us to come to him. And somehow in the context of God's sovereignty and our responsibility, we, we still come and we cry out to the Lord and he reveals to us and we serve and we go out and do our part. But, and yet God is in control and God is working. To whom then would you liken God? Or what likeness compares to him? Here's the picture of the craftsman who casts and they make idols and goldsmiths overlay with gold. And what are the idols of your life? What are the things that come before you and your relationship with your God? As a follower of Jesus Christ, where do you find yourself as, well, God, I get it, but, but I need to do this. Maybe it's with your family. Maybe it's with priorities in your family. And you allow other things to become more important than your relationship with God. Um, No one is more important than he is. Nothing is more important than he is. And yet we find ourselves struggling so often because uh, we forget who God is. And we forget that his nature is unmatched. And anything, anything that we try and do pales, try and do pales in comparison to who God is. The text goes on in verse 28. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. Here we see God in his omnipotence. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unbelievable. Searchable. So the writer, before he comes to the part of the text of, of waiting, he's helping the people to get their eyes on the reality that God is their God. He cares for them. Uh, God's word that he's given them what they need is foundational for them. And then his nature is unmatched. Well, what's next though? What do I do with all of this? I see God and his glory, and, and okay, okay, as a follower of Jesus Christ, it's okay, that's, that's what I want, God, that's what I want. I want you to be first. What do I do? What do I do? And we see that in these next verses. It's the next part of the message. God, thing, God things happen to those who wait, so wait for God's good plan. God things happen to those who wait, so wait for God's good plan. I'm going to reread the text for um, that we read twice already in our service today, but... Have you not heard, excuse me, have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But... But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. We need to learn to wait for God's good plan. Scripture is found, is filled with 
waiting. In the Old Testament, they were waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I had our small group that we're a part of praying for me for uh, this week's message, and um, our small group leader sent me a text um, yesterday saying we were reading in our devotions from Matthew chapter 13 and verse 17, and so it made it into my message. So here's what it says, for truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And so this is Jesus talking about the Old Testament. They were waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And they desired it and they wanted it. But all they could do was wait. And Jesus is saying, I have arrived. I have arrived. They were waiting for the Messiah. We have so much more than even uh, they had, as Christ said that. In Galatians 4, 4, you, you want to talk about waiting. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Uh, some uh, versions of that would say, at the right time. In the fullness of time. In God's timing. From creation until the birth of Jesus Christ. The world waited, waited for the Messiah to come, waiting. They waited. The one who would provide salvation, the one who would come as the sinless Savior, the one who would come to sacrifice his life to be the propitiation, the satisfaction of God for your sin and my sin. Um, In the Old Testament, it was always about the blood of bulls and goats. All of that was a picture towards the shed blood of Jesus Christ and what it would accomplish. That's what they were waiting for. They were waiting for the coming of the Messiah, the one who would finally, finally satisfy what God required so that we could have eternal life. And and you know, if you're a follower of Christ, you know, that's not what you did. That's not what you accomplished. That's what Jesus Christ did for you. And you put your faith and trust in his work on your behalf and you trusted the Lord and you were saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, the Bible says. Don't work harder. Don't try more. Believe. Believe what Jesus Christ said. They were waiting for this all through the Old Testament and Jesus Christ comes And then he dies, and he's risen again, proof of who he said he was and what he said he would do, so that we could have eternal life. In the Old Testament, they were waiting for that, and just waiting and not understanding and not still by faith, living by faith. They were saved by faith, but faith in something they were looking forward to, hoping for, and that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so they waited. They waited for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we're told to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. As Christ is leaving in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so it's like, okay, Jesus is on his way and he says, now wait for the next piece. The next piece is the Holy Spirit will come. Now that wasn't a very long time between those two things. And in Acts, you can read it in Acts 1 and 2 and just see the coming of the Holy Spirit and and the relationship of the Holy Spirit indwelling every believer. Um, But they had to wait. Just wait. And the Spirit will come. But we have that. We have the Spirit revealed and in us and leading us and indwelling us. And we have that. But they had to wait. 
We have to wait for God's leading. Psalm 27, 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Sometimes we want to rush ahead. We want to, we want to solve the problems that um, are around us. And we just hurry in and we do things and we try and get things accomplished. And we need to wait, wait, wait for the Lord in his leading. Um, they that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. Wait for the Lord's return. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, um, some great verses here. Um, Let's turn there. Get your Bibles. Flip over to 1 Thessalonians 4. It's time to use the pages. You got your Bible. Just don't open it to Isaiah and leave it there. Let's flip over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And um, in that text, verses 14 to 18 says, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will, something's still going to happen, bring with him those who have fallen asleep, for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who will be left, the coming of the Lord will not proceed those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead of Christ will, something's still going to happen, rise first, and then we who are alive who are left will, something's still going to happen, is still ahead, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will, amazing, will always be with the Lord, therefore encourage one another with these words, those that wait upon the Lord, we're waiting for the return of Christ, and then we're waiting for eternity, um, Psalm 23, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, faith requires us to wait because there's so much coming for us. There's so much better that's coming for the followers of Jesus Christ. And just as in Isaiah 40, they were going to go through a difficult time still in Babylon. Those are in Jerusalem waiting for the final, for that to get released and then to come back. And, and Nehemiah will come later and the walls will get built and so many things will still happen, but they had to wait. They had, to, they had to wait. Why do we need to wait? Well, you need to wait because you can't do it. Back to our text in Isaiah 40, verses 29 and 30. It says, He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even the youth, even those who think they've got it all together, got all of the energy, and got all of the passion, and got everything, they, they just... Even them, even the youth shall faint and be weary. Even the young men shall fall exhausted. Wait because you can't do it. You can't do it. The things in your life right now that are in front of you, you're, you, you find yourself anxious about or wondering about or worrying about and you can't do it. You will fall exhausted. You won't have enough energy. Um, so uh, wait because you can't do it. You're, if you, and if you do, you're going to do it on your own. You don't have the stamina. You don't have the ability. You don't have the resources. You don't have the tools. But why is waiting so hard? Well, waiting's hard because I want it now. Waiting's hard because I want it on my terms. 
Waiting's hard because waiting makes me anxious. Waiting's hard because I'm not in control. Waiting goes against the flow of our society. Here's one. Waiting forces me to surrender my plan to God's plan. They that wait, because you can't do it. More importantly, because he alone can do it. He's the only one who can. He he is the one who is the provision of everything you need. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You can't do it. He alone can do it. And he will. He will do it. As a result, the text says, mount up with wings like eagles. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You know the strength that the youth don't have, that the young man falls short of? Um, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. It's interesting the order in that text of what's there, right? Um, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. It seems backward to me. You don't start by mounting up with wings like eagles. You don't start, and that's by, when you're growing up as a kid, you learn to walk and stumble and get back up, and and then you need to run, and then you learn to soar. That's the way the world would teach us that it happens. It's like, get out there and start with the little things and move to the next things and watch how God works in your life, or or for the world, just how you will prosper, and you start here, and you move, and you get there. That's the order of the world, but it's not the order of Scripture. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and then they will run, and then they will walk. Lots of discussion about uh, what that means and uh, what that's about, but here's the reality is we've all seen it in our lives where we have that mount up with wings like eagles experience in our lives, right? Uh, where where uh, maybe you, um, well, how about the day you trusted Jesus Christ? That was a mount up with wings like eagles. That's a a soaring thing. You've all seen pictures of the eagles and how they catch on the the, the winds and they just soar around and up and up and up they go. Uh, We lived out in British Columbia for uh, three years and uh, the camp that I was at, there would be eagles. We would see them, uh, bald-headed eagles, and you could sit and watch them and just watch them as they would go up and up. And it seemed like effortless for them. Um, They'd mount up with wings like, like eagles. Um, and so maybe that burst for you, that burst for you was that moment you trusted Christ. Or, or maybe it was a conference that you went to, and, and God just demonstrated something to you and put a calling to your life or a direction for your life. Or, or um, maybe it was God um, in the quietness of time you were spending in his word, and, and God showed you something, and it was like, unbelievable, that is awesome. And, and it just gave you what you needed for the next weeks and months. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And God, you will mount up with wings like eagles. You will run. And you won't go weary. You will walk. And you won't faint. Um, after you soar, you will run. 
Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but, but only one receives the prize, so run that you may receive in God's economy, in God's way of doing things, when we wait upon the Lord, when we trust him, we will mount up with wings like eagles. He will do the thing that's needed. We will run and we won't go weary. And then he goes on and he says, and we will walk and we won't faint. Now that's the, where probably most of us are in our daily lives right now. It's the everyday moving forward for the glory of God, allowing him to work in us, walking. The Bible says a lot about walking. Um, talks about walking in Christ-likeness. In uh, 1 John 2, 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way which he walked. 1 Peter uh, 2, 21, this, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And so that long-term, on-we-go, sanctifying process is walking. Walking being like Jesus. Now, learning who Christ was. What would Jesus do? And in doing those things in your life. God will give you those big bursts where he's like, God is awesome. God is awesome. And you see him work and he does a thing in your life. Or maybe one of your kids gets saved or your neighbor who you've been praying for or or. Or, or God heals someone, or God does these things, and it's like, boom. But, but we need to continue, and we need to walk. You run, and you don't grow weary. God will give you what you need so you can go on, but you walk, and you do not faint. The young men, they're not going to make it. Uh, they're going to faint. They will grow weary. They will not faint. They will faint. But those who are trusting in the Lord, we will walk. Walk in Christ-likeness. Walk in righteousness. Um, Galatians 5.16, when we walk by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk in rightness. Eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Setting aside sinfulness. Doing what God's Word says. Walk by good works. Ephesians 2.10. You know, you've heard me preach so many times. Not works that save us, but works because we are saved. Because of what Jesus Christ has done. Because of the relationship we have with the Holy God. Now we, now we walk. Um, Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Not works to save us, but works because we're saved. Works of obedience. Uh, 2 John 1.6 talks about we walk in obedience to what God's word says. Uh, Walking by faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. Um, Christian walks involving a new way of thinking. When, you, when you're walking in Christ, you think differently. You don't think like the world thinks anymore. You don't desire the things the world desires anymore because you see something greater. Our citizenship is not here. Our citizenship is in heaven. Um, Ephesians 4.17, now this I say in testifying the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles or the world in the futility of their minds because the world is going after things that will fail and falter and the grass and the flower 
in people, but what God does lasts forever. Then we walk in loyalty and fidelity to the Lord. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3 says, it lists some of the, the qualities in our, in our lives as a result. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. God has done this thing in your life. You are saved a person. You're, the, the gap between you and God has been satisfied. You are his child. As, as a result of that, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. See, walking is the long-haul, sanctifying work of God in the life of every believer. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Are you tired today? Are you exhausted about something today? Is it because you want the solution and you want it in your time and in your way? They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. They shall renew their strength. The God who cares about you. The God who's given us the word, everything we need, foundational to lead us. The God whose character is there. Wait on the Lord. When you run ahead, when you don't wait, you do it in your own strength. You do it, and it will falter, and it will fail. They that wait upon the Lord. Well, so what? So what? Do you have a weight problem today? Is there something that God has not revealed to you in the way you want it, and you're anxious? Maybe you're even angry at God? And the Lord's like, I, I've got this for you. You're, you're so focused on this thing right now, and I have a way greater plan for you. Wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord, they'll renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not, not faint. So what's your weight problem about today? Waiting is what faith does. Waiting is what faith does does. You see, God things come to those who wait. Listen to this verse as I close. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will, still going to come, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. God things come to those who wait. You don't wait, you may get stuff now, you may, but you're not going to get the fullness of what God has for you. But when we wait and trust the Lord and watch him work, does it mean it's going to be easy? No, it might be difficult. Just look at the people in scripture and what they went through. But they trusted because they had a hope and their foundation was in who God was and the hope they would have of being with him forever. Help me, God, help me not to get so focused on all the things of right now that I want and lose sight of far greater things that God has for us. The God things come to those who wait. So let's wait. Let's wait you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Let's pray. Father, this is your word. 
Thank you for this chapter. This was a chapter written to a group of people who were being encouraged and comforted and got a picture of who you are. But Lord, the journey was still going to go on for years and years for them. It wasn't going to get easier, but they were going to wait. They were going to wait for you, knowing that your plan is perfect. Your ways are ultimately what we need and what we desire. Teach me, God. Teach us to do that in our lives. God, for the glory of Jesus Christ, for the fame of our Savior, we pray these things in his name. Amen.